0: Hello, Brett. Hello, Lindy. (laughs) Hey, this is Brett. Welcome to the podcast. My family is a little weird. This is a conversation about people who have grown up or are still living with someone who has a severe mental illness. In our case, it, it is our mother. I'm here joined by my sister, Lindy.
1: Hi there. Welcome.
0: And as I said, this is a conversation. We're going to be talking about our experience and what we're doing to manage today. And we'd like to hear your feedback and your experiences. And the same from you. How are you getting by?
1: Yes. Let's get going. So, so yeah, my daughter did do a post on Reddit. And your niece, my daughter, and she um, sent it out to f- people who have mental illness in their family. And I actually found out that mental health issues and mental illness is affects more families and individuals in the world than any other illness. It's not cardiac disease or um, cancer. The top one is mental illness that affects people. So it's widespread. So here's what one listener wrote after listening to our podcast. Um, The stigma towards mental illness and its open discussion is very real, and it can be toxic if hidden. It hurts families and individuals because it makes people feel like they or their families are some shameful aberration, which which causes more isolation and despair. This podcast is a big step towards combating that stigma. The world very much needs more podcasts, normalizing healthy and honest conversations about the realities of mental illness.
0: Very nice.
1: Yeah, I want to thank that listener for um, chiming in. And I also want to ask listeners now, if you have something you'd like to say about mental illness, mental wellness, you can send an email to us at myfamilyisalittleweird at gmail.com. And we'll be happy to read your comments online, on podcast. And I think that's it. Brett, is there anything that you want to add?
0: I appreciate people taking their time to to um, to respond to anything that they've heard that's valuable to them. Great. So I know that before we talked about EMDR and... Um, we would you would like the focus of this podcast to be about how we're dealing with things in the present rather than uh, what I call in therapy when I get stuck in this loop is storytelling Storytelling is good to establish why you're in therapy after a certain amount of time it's kind of counterproductive so I know you're working on things in the present tense with the you know with an eye to the future in terms of how you how how you can move away from things that uh, were unhealthy into things that are that are healthy and productive and that are working for you, so what are you up to to that end?
1: This podcast is about how are you coping, what are you doing to get by, and even maybe how are you healing because um, having a loved one with mental illness or even living with a mental illness, we get re Re entry into that pain zone. So, I have done a few things in my life to work on it. And I tried some cognitive behavioral therapy, which is basically, you know, looking at the thoughts you're thinking and then recognizing what that stressor thought is and switching it. And um, mm-hmm. I found that to be very time intensive and also a lot of storytelling. Like I had to go back and look at things mm-hmm. and I really felt exhausted after those therapy sessions with the counselor because you know, it's just bringing up pain. I've tried some, I always use prayer. That's something I go to, to just try to keep me calm. And, um, and I tried meditation, which I'm actually really interested in and using a lot lately And the focus is always on an end result that's happy or positive. And what I remembered recently is that when I was feeling really bad, I was in my early twenties and I just didn't understand that I had all this leftover from managing all the, I suppose it was chaos with mom being sick right our upbringing had some chaos there <laughs> just a little bit little bit and i just remember well one of my first thoughts was when i was you know whatever i was and i got asked when mike asked michael asked to marry me i thought sure but i'm not going to get married until mom's better i want her well mm-hmm. and, and uh that kind of thought process made me realize I was waiting for something that was unknown and would keep me in a holding pattern from my happiness. So we got married and maybe a year or so into it, I remember going into this funk and I didn't understand what was going on and I couldn't move and I was feeling very sad and it was very dark and I didn't realize I was, you know, depressed. Um, And I went to some emergency therapy over in uh, through my work. I forget what they call it right now, but you can get a couple or three um, counseling. EAP,
0: I think is what it is.
1: That's what it was. You know, I'm young. I was just like barely out of college and didn't know anything about medical coverage or how to get therapy and EAP through the employee assistance program. I think I actually told my supervisor who was, you know, I was communicative with, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm feeling horrible. And uh, she suggested I go to HR and and go to therapy. So that helped me realize that I was very much codependent, which meant I thought I could only be happy if mom was healthy, if mom was well, if she would just feel better than I could feel better. Mm -hmm. And, um, I learned that that is absolutely an unhealthy way of living. Um, I read a book called Codependent No More, which is for people who are living with families who are um, there's alcoholism. Yeah. And it also applies here to this feeling that you are really working your whole life around somebody getting well. Um, Obviously, I've continued that theme because I've got this podcast. (laughs) I want to help people. I love it. That is the healthy part of me is that I. I want to share that talking about mental health doesn't actually make you sicker. It can actually make you feel better to talk about um, mental health or mental illness with yourself or a loved one. And so to make a long story longer, I mean, we're spanning now at least 20 years of what I've done. I started looking into something called hypnotherapy. And what I found out from it was that there is a quicker way. To get to healing, then talk therapy, and I went to school for it. I actually became a hypnotherapist and practiced for a couple years and when I was going to school with it and I did work with other people, you know it's just like in uh, other professions if you're going into being a marriage family therapist, you have to go through therapy mm-hmm. if you're if you're learning this this specific way that we were taught, you have to practice on your colleagues and your you know the students and they have to practice with you sure. and what I found out which I didn't really realize because I wasn't paying attention to me when I went into hypnotherapy I actually went into it to help others is that I actually got benefits from it and I look back and realize that the darkness lifted the depression went away um But I would always say I'm still a work in progress because there's more to be done. But that's the lead-in to who we have on this podcast today, which is one of my uh, former colleagues who went to school um, with me, and she's been practicing consistently for over 20 years. And she's pretty well known in the Sacramento, California area. And her name is Maude Shellhouse, and we're going to have her on the podcast today.
0: Excellent.
1: Well, Lindy, thank you so
2: much, first of all, for having me on the podcast. And I listened to the podcast about Brett, you and Brett growing up with your mother in the household. And it was just really um, amazing. And I I respect and admire your mission um, to help provide resources for people Um, and I also really love that you have that awareness around what you focus on and that's something that as you know Lindy um, we were both taught to really coach about you know because even though everyone has been through at least some sort of adversity in their lives we really can get Caught there and stuck there if there's too much focus placed for for a long period of time so part of the kind of hypnotherapy that I use has to do with removing blocks from the past and they're not always only from the past <laughs> they can be from present day as well um hmm. So that they're not holding us back and not holding us in the past any longer.
1: Mm-hmm. So we were talking about how young children, it starts very early sometimes that your subconscious has impressions uh, on that. And I wonder if you could speak about why hypnotherapy, what it does and why, why it is so unique from other therapies.
2: Definitely. Um, I think that could probably best be put by talking a little bit about how much of the mind is subconscious mind versus the other Mm -hmm. part of the mind, the conscious mind that we think of oftentimes as the whole mind. Um, Because usually when we're working on overcoming an issue in our lives or solving a problem, Mm -hmm. we're thinking about it a lot and we're analyzing a lot but most of the problems, especially if they are emotional in nature, are much deeper than that conscious analytical part of us. And at least 95% of the mind is subconscious mind. So when someone is in the hypnotic state, when we're doing hypnotherapy with someone, we have that direct access to the subconscious mind which is where all of the habit patterns are, where all of the limitations are. Um, It's where any beliefs or values that might have served us at one point, uh, but don't any longer, or maybe they didn't serve us at all, but they were there because we felt that we needed them, oftentimes as as young children are. Mm -hmm. And when we have that direct access to the subconscious mind, That's that other 95%. (laughs) It can really make a huge difference Mm
1: -hmm. when
2: you are utilizing the whole mind rather than just this little part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially since oftentimes when we are wrestling with issues in our lives and we're pushing with that 5%, you know, that conscious part of the mind on the other 95%, guess who's going to win that one Mm -hmm. so really sort of in a nutshell when we're working with people in the hypnotic state when we're doing hypnotherapy the minds are working together it ends that push pull and things become so much easier when you're accessing so much more
1: of the mind. So I'm familiar with what it feels like and looks like to be in a hypnotherapy session, but I wonder if some of our listeners maybe don't know what that's like. I know that there has been uh, people who use hypnosis, bring uh, audience members up on stage and maybe have them act silly or imagine that they are... I don't know, like a rodeo person and they have an invisible lasso in their hand and um, they are in hypnosis and doing silly things. But I wonder if you could describe and tell us what it, what it looks like or feels like to be in hypnosis, hypnotherapy session.
2: Definitely. Um, And Lindy, I think you make such a great point because most people unless they've had hypnotherapy have no idea what to expect as far as how it feels to be in hypnosis or to do hypnotherapy. And quite often what we see with hypnosis are something like the examples that you just gave. And that's really stage hypnosis. Mm -hmm. And in stage hypnosis, whoever is on that stage gets put into the hypnotic state. So they are in hypnosis, Mm -hmm. but they're not using hypnosis for therapeutic purposes. So in stage hypnosis, it really is purely entertainment. And the only similarity with hypnotherapy and stage hypnosis is that hypnotic state. So someone it's experiencing hypnotherapy is also in that hypnotic state but rather than using that state for entertainment it's being used as a very very powerful healing modality and it also feels much different than it appears to look if you've ever seen one of those shows mm-hmm. so quite often If you're watching hypnosis on stage or when I've seen it on TV or a movie, actually even when I've seen hypnotherapy portrayed sometimes on TV or a movie, there needs to be a lot of movement or drama for someone to want to watch that because in actuality, it would be very boring to just watch someone receive hypnotherapy (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they're just very comfortable and relaxed. Um, So Mm -hmm. usually when you see hypnosis or hypnotherapy on TV or in a movie, you'll see them waving a pocket watch or snapping their fingers or counting down. And it makes most people think that the state of hypnosis will be having a feeling of getting sleepier and sleepier and then maybe having a passing out or fainting sensation and the losing thing,
1: control, right? right? I think right. that's one of the biggest, um, you call it a misnomer that hypnotherapy, you will not have control. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you're right. It is, it is such a misnomer
2: because you're never out of con- a hypnotic state. Um, Mm -hmm. people can hear us when we're speaking to them they can hear the soft music that we play when we're doing hypnotherapy Um, they're not out of it so to speak Um, someone Mm -hmm. in the hypnotic state is very comfortable and very relaxed Um, Mm -hmm. but again there isn't any loss of control I actually have a a pretty good example of what it feels like to be in hypnosis, especially for people that don't fall asleep as soon as their head hits the pillow. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'll give another example if 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 you're listening and you are one of those people that falls asleep as soon as your head hits the pillow. But for many people, when they lay down to go to sleep, there's a lot of thoughts at first you know, maybe about the day that they just had or the day to come or whatever else just kind of floats through the mind. And then the thoughts start to slow down a little bit as we start to drift towards sleep. And Mm -hmm. then there's this little period of time where the thoughts have slowed way down, but you're not quite asleep yet, kind of drifting towards sleep. It's very, very comfortable. It's very relaxing. If somebody were to say something to you, or if the dog down the street were to bark a little bit or something, you'd hear it, but you wouldn't really care. Mm -hmm. That is the state of hypnosis. Very, very comfortable. Um, For Mm -hmm. those people that do fall asleep very quickly, um, a better example would be if you've ever had the luxury to lay down on the couch in the middle of the afternoon, maybe a Sunday afternoon, um, and you kind of just drowsed. Lots of people do that in front of the TV (laughs) where you're kind of like not asleep. You're not quite awake yet either. You know, it's very, very comfortable. But that actually is the state of hypnosis. It's a very natural state and we can drift
1: in and out of it on our own. Which brings up a really good point that when you are in that drowsy state, you're really paying attention to what is coming through that tv radio podcast program that it's something that's positive and upbeat and is going to be favorable to you if it does happen to land in your subconscious right
2: absolutely and you know those infomercials that they put on in the middle of the night are not just because they get better rates in fact sometimes they pay premium rates because People are in Mm -hmm. the hypnotic state quite often in front of the TV.
1: (laughs) Captive audience. So would you speak to some of the things that you have worked with people on? And what maybe some of those successes look like? Oh, sure
2: thing. Um, It's always hard to choose from the mm-hmm. stories and, and what to tell these days, because it's it's been over 25 years now, and I <laughs> had the really mm-hmm. good fortune to help thousands of people with thousands of different issues, because mm-hmm. the subconscious mind holds everything we've ever experienced. So any issue that we have with anything is stored in the subconscious mind, meaning mm-hmm. that you can work on really any issue that you're having in your life with hypnotherapy so Mm. I have helped people um, work on anything from improving something in their lives for example becoming a better public speaker or improving Mm. their athletic performance or reading more quickly to overcoming really serious issues, um, Mm -hmm. like um, losing a lot of weight or overcoming an addiction um, Mm -hmm. to um, helping people with many different fears and phobias. Um, For example, uh, fairly often I get to work with people to overcome social anxiety. Or driving, Mm -hmm. especially um, driving on freeways or over bridges or, um, you know, on really windy, narrow roads. (laughs) I have helped many people overcome substance abuse. Um, Mm -hmm. And that could be anything from um, eating too much peanut butter (laughs) or drinking too much Diet Coke. To using very heavy street drugs Mm
1: -hmm. so
2: you know there's just so many substances and so many different forms of addiction you know sometimes that's compulsive Mm -hmm. shopping or gambling um, and help people with all of those things and one of the examples that that came to mind when you asked me that is that many years ago I was able to help um a woman who was about 75 that said she'd had an addiction to peanut butter all her life. And she said it did, doesn't seem like it would be a big deal to many people, but I get up in the middle of the night and I go in the kitchen and just take big spoonfuls of peanut butter and then I feel sick. You know, <laughs> it had really hmm. become an issue, even though it seems like such a small thing. Um, and she's referred many people to me over the years because. It just changed her life to just change that one little thing.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah, it's amazing. And um, I haven't practiced for many years, but I had um, some very wonderful experiences coming out of that. And I can remember one man um, in particular that I work with, and he came in to give up smoking and towards the end of our sessions together, he said, turns out I, I gave up drinking too. I didn't know, I didn't know that I could even do that. And so sometimes there are tagalongs that are issues that may be in there that come out and are let go of. And one of the reasons why I really wanted to connect with you, because I think that the technique that we were taught is so unique and fundamental. And that is that same aspect. We are not, we don't help ourselves when we focus on the past and with the technique that you use, um, you're not focusing on the past when people are in hypnosis. Oh, correct? correct. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the biggest point. Um, and tell, tell me a little bit more about that. Tell the listeners. Um,
2: I'm really glad that you brought that up because um, it used to be fairly common for people to be put into the hypnotic state with hypnotherapy and to go back through life events in order to heal them. And it could be oftentimes difficult for people, and this happens also sometimes right. in other types of therapies, but it can be very difficult for people to relive past experiences that were uncomfortable and sometimes traumatic. And um, Mm -hmm. quite frankly, sometimes people end up needing a lot of healing from going back through life events if they were very difficult, challenging for them. Mm -hmm. So the method that you and I were taught is so incredibly valuable because instead of doing that, instead whoever we're working with is able to access that healing part of themselves their own inner wisdom that's within them Mm
1: -hmm.
2: that is part of their subconscious mind it's actually part of their conscious mind as well you know we have we're complex creatures we have many many parts of us (laughs) But uh, mm-hmm. this allows each individual to access their own healing wisdom and find what works best for them in order to heal and become empowered and overcome issues in their lives. It really, I think you use the word unique, and it is certainly unique in that it's mm-hmm. so respectful of each person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a gentle way to move through issues in life because of this principle and it tends to work pretty darn quickly (laughs) because if you think about it if if I'm trying to decide what I think is best for someone even though I've got lots of years of experience I still will never know more about what is best for someone else than their own inner wisdom. It
1: just makes all the difference in the world. I feel like so oftentimes when you're living with someone or care about someone who has a mental illness, you experience anger, you have uh, guilt, you have... um, all kinds of emotions that fester inside and can make you hate. And I wonder if there's anyone that you worked with that you have an example of that um, was able to maybe let go of some of that emotional pain.
2: Um, So I just finished working with someone who, um, as a teenager, had some experiences that had, um, caused her to feel a lot of shame through no fault of her own. Um, and she grew up with a parent who, um, was not comfortable with, um, Her own body and um, projected, unfortunately, a lot of shame on the lady that I was just working with. And um, Mm -hmm. it caused her so many issues in her intimate life, even though she was healthy in so many different ways. Um, And what she said to me in her last session was that she couldn't believe how free she felt and how she had recognized some of what was going on as a physical issue. But she said that the hypnotherapy changed Mm -hmm. how she felt so much emotionally that she felt like she was going to be able to embrace so much more of her life and feel good about it and feel so much joy about it that she'd never even thought would be accessible to her. It was just an amazing Mm -hmm. difference.
1: Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That would, that would stand to reason because, um, everything is connected. Our subconscious mind, we know now there's, uh, epigenetic studies there's brain scans that the brain um the thoughts uh can create physical ailments and illnesses within so um that sounds like a really um surprising transformation for her
2: she was really excited about the work that we were doing um before we reached the end and it just was a whole new level towards the very end of it she's because she didn't know that she could feel that much better so it was so much fun for that Mm -hmm. to be a surprise for her and for me
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. isn't that great yeah it's a surprise to everyone because nobody knows what's the outcomes going to be because it is so individual and it is internal and it's, it's within that person. It sure is. Uh, inner it, wisdom. Because
2: no matter what we've been mm-hmm. through, no matter how we think of ourselves, we mm-hmm. have so much power within us. We have so many capabilities, so much human potential. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really, um, mm-hmm. It's just amazing to be able to help people access that.
1: Uh, what would you say it is in terms of when people meditate? How, what would you say that um, are the similarities there?
2: There's actually quite a few. And when people mm-hmm. meditate, they can go into that same hypnotic state. And quite often they do.
1: I want to ask you, what are you doing now? Are you doing things virtually? Do you use Zoom? Is that is. something you do?
2: Um, and uh, yeah. I, I use Zoom. I also see people by phone and I am seeing a few people in person as well, as long as we're, because that way we're able to practice good social distancing rules. Right. Even though in the past, I have seen people over Zoom and I have worked with people over the phone, it's been more the exception than the rule. And lately, it's been the hmm. other way around. So it's it's funny. Like I'm, I'm, I'm on the phone. Then I'm on the computer. Then I'm with somebody in person. <laughs> and I love it. They all work equally well, and uh, it's it's mm-hmm. really nice to be able to accommodate whatever someone's needs are. And you know, quite often right now, people right. are not going out any more than is absolutely necessary. And it's wonderful to be able to work with them when they can sit on their own couch or even lay down on their bed and right. <laughs> have to go through traffic. And I'm particularly grateful for that because for the past several years, I've worked with people for anxiety-related issues more than anything else. Um, and it, it really right. um, wasn't because I decided to specialize in that. But there's just so, so much going on right mm-hmm. now, of course, as you know. Of course, everyone that's mm-hmm. listening knows. Um, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just really nice to um, not have anybody be left out because they're not coming to the office so people people can find me at sacramentohypnotherapy.com um of course we also mm-hmm. have facebook or instagram if you look at sacramento hypnotherapy in any of those applications you'll find us or the uh, phone number to the mm-hmm. office is 916-549-5109 wonderful
1: do you have more than you? Are there other people? Do yes. you have a staff um, with are you?
2: There three other hypnotherapists that work at Sacramento Hypnotherapy.
1: I want to make sure that we change the conversation so that people talk about it openly. Because what I keep finding is that people live with depression and pain and a lot of these mental health issues for years before they talk to anyone?
2: I do just want to mention that
1: um, it can be very
2: difficult for people to reach out um, if they're struggling with mental illness, um, if they have family members that have mental illness, um, particularly things that make people feel really isolated. For example, I have worked with many people over the years that have confided in me that they have struggled with a lot of social anxiety and have never shared that with anyone. And Mm -hmm. very fortunately, we had such a good team work that taught us to meet people where they are no matter where they are because if we don't we're not able to help and that principle has been such a guiding force in helping people that have been scared to reach out but that have been eventually brave enough to reach out um and i think that that What I have witnessed with people's healing over the years is such great cause for a lot of hope and reason to believe that people can overcome so much. We have so much power that's within us. And I have helped people that have had extreme agoraphobia where they've not been able to leave their houses at all become people that have a really positive social network. Um, And really Mm -hmm. become so much more engaged in the world as a result of tapping into their subconscious mind and um, letting go of fears and worry and doubts and shame and just all of these things that had previously held them back so much.
1: Yeah, it's the originating point, isn't it? The subconscious Mm -hmm. mind. So it really is being brave to go forward and to say, I've never shared this, but I want to. But I love that you said that people are resilient and there are so many phenomenal stories of people who thought no one felt as bad as they did. And for sure, it's an individual experience, but then to see them get to a place where they're living their life the way they want to that's that's encouraging and that's the human sure is. spirit isn't it
2: it sure is and you know sometimes mm-hmm. people have something happen in lives in their lives that just knocks them off of their paths you know and um, or makes them feel like they don't feel like themselves anymore. And quite often, people a few sessions in will say, they will literally say, I feel like myself again. Yeah. It really is. Beautiful.
1: Yeah, it is. It's so good. It's great. Oh, I'm so glad that you've um, been a part of this podcast, Mod. And I'm so Um, Looking forward to our listeners hearing just what is possible and does happen. And I just, I can't thank you enough for for, um, connecting with me today. And I just have to say, it's election day here in the U.S. And our listeners can elect to say something, talk to somebody, and seek out something because it can, will get better. Through editing and my own fault, I may not have included Maud's goodbye, but Maud and I will be in touch because we have this theme of helping others and I hope that you glean something from this interview with her. And now we're going to check in with Brett. As you may remember, in the beginning, Brett and I decided we were going to create a podcast. Well, what's turned out to be a really good idea for me is something that Brett is going to put on the back burner so that he can take care of some other interests of his own, including playing his guitar, writing a song. Okay, so let's check in with Brett. And I think I should just mention to the listeners right now, it sounds like, Brett, you you need to take care of what's going on with you rather than checking back in and talking about this. And talking about mental illness isn't something that you feel drawn to do right now.
0: Well, and... I want to point out that this is, you know, everybody's different. And there are, there are obviously also there are phases... Um, there are phases of growth that everybody goes through around any topic that you can list and Mm -hmm. with regard to mental mental health I did you know when I was talking about what I called storytelling that's individual to me I'm not speaking for anybody else Mm -hmm. everybody's where they are at any given time there's nothing wrong with talking about your past I, I wouldn't judge a person for it I don't think there's I don't think there's anything inherently unhealthy about it. I just am in a in a place where I found that I had a pattern for that which is that I would get stuck in it and I would spend an awful lot of time telling stories and you know talking about the past which was fine because there's a certain amount of that stuff that that leads to little epiphany so you start to see Mm -hmm. why you did things or are still doing things the way that you do them you start to understand the impacts that that someone like your parent who had mental illness what you know what the impacts were how it translates into your life today things like that there's all sorts of wonderful things that you can gain through talking Mm -hmm. about that um i just got to the point where i needed more doing than talking and now I'm ready to do that. So I'm, I'm fortunate in that I've I, I've matched that little that that little spot of growth or you know current progress with with a with a tool that seems to be uh matched to that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Specifically mm-hmm. EMDR. Uh I just mm-hmm. spent very little time in there talking about the events for the entire counseling session because that's not how emdr works you pick a thought that's troublesome and you face it you use the uh the tools whether it's eye movement or the paddles they call them with the little Mm -hmm. vibrating buzzers and you face whatever the thing is that's upsetting you and then it starts to diminish over time it's just it's more active it's not as uh abstract as thinking can be I'm I get very stuck Mm. in my thinking
1: like the cognitive behavioral therapy episodes or sessions I had I felt like oh my god it was like digging through garbage it it hurt yeah and I don't I don't want to do that I do remember when you and I were both at that phase when you're just realizing it's like coming out of a uh, any traumatic event, you have to look backward, look at it, and see what it was. Mm-hmm. but the danger is is the looking back over and over again because you keep reliving it right yeah and so what you and I were talking about is I started this podcast and and I you know asked you to come and do it with me, and you said yes, and then, as we got into this, you realized. Oh, this is probably not where you want to keep going right
0: right because Mostly. i because it what it did was it activated that that thing that's specific to me, which is uh getting uh getting caught up in in focusing on the past through talking about the events over and over again mm-hmm. I can, see the thing is it's like is like i'm stressing this is this is me this is not, Individual. This is not everybody people mm-hmm. people have different responses to things. Um, Some things Mm -hmm. work for them, some things don't, whatever. And there are different phases in their, I hate the word journey, but, you know, people are in different places in their journey.
1: In their healing. Yeah, Different phases of healing is what I like to look at it as. Yeah,
0: I just learned that that I am very susceptible, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. to um, over-identifying with events. And and I I found that I made them... um, Accidentally, people do this all the time. My identity. Well, I'm right. the guy that was that was hurt by my mom. I got a poor and you're still that age. self image and turned it into attacking myself long after she stopped giving me a difficult time, and so right. now I'm this wounded, um, self lo self loathing personality struggling through life. You know, and that's 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 why the storytelling was was bad for me because it reinforced that identity. I don't have room for that identity. If I, if I, if I live that out, I'm not going to be able to get things done that I want to get done. That's why I'm so adamant for myself about moving away from that.
1: Right. So, and I love that about you, Brett, because I think that's exactly what you need. And we're not the same because for me, um, I feel Even more dedicated to talking about this than I ever have. There's people everywhere, post traumatic stress disorder, whether it comes from being in the military or a traumatic event. People need to have this disgust instead of um, hiding it. And I feel like I want to talk about it. Your perspective, that's you want to play music, you got other things to do. And by the way, listeners, Brett's a fantastic. Um, if you can't already tell, listener. So he's also my sounding board a lot of times. And while we continue to live with our mom who's mentally ill, that doesn't mean that we both have to uh, dredge up the past on every episode. <laughs> it's, not, it's not healthy for either one of us. But I will point to it for examples. I think that's fair to do.
0: Sure, of course. It's got yeah. its place. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so I don't know how this is evolving, but I really feel like getting guests on that talk about strategies to help people is going to be a big focus for me. And I'm looking for guest speakers uh, that want to talk about this. And so that's how this platform is going to continue to grow. And I'm sure you'll be checking in with me on the podcast maybe sometime. Sure.
0: sure, I will. And again, I just want to, I want to stress that people are in different places Mm -hmm. you know some people need some people just need to be heard Mm -hmm. i got heard plenty you know (laughs) i talked for a very long time and people were very supportive and then they were indulgent after they were supportive and now it's like okay i can i can move out of the way now and let some other people talk um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know i notice in the comments people are talking about um what they seem to be responding to mostly is that that this stuff is being spoken about openly number one and number two they they're they're feeling like they're being heard because they're hearing things spoken about that they've had to deal with and i don't think there's ever anything unhealthy about that
1: that's right i'm you're not alone you're not
0: alone and mm -hmm. um and Lindy's not going to say it about herself, but she's a wonderful listener and and supporter, and um, she's going to do a fantastic job with this, I guarantee it.
1: Mm. Thanks, brother. Yeah. That's sure. nice. Of course. All right. Well, that brings a close to Episode 3 of My Family is a Little Weird. It looks as if I will be seeking a co-host so if you know of someone who would like to join me here you can send an email also if you know anyone who would like to be a guest speaker or you have a topic that you would like explored please send me an email as well at myfamilyisalittleweird@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I'm Lindy my family is a little weird or is it maybe I didn't give it credit for being just like a lot of other families. We'll talk soon. Finding the right thing for your family or for yourself in terms of care is a lot like finding a four-leaf clover. They exist. They're out there. There's many attempts made sometimes to find that four-leaf clover, But I just want to encourage you, don't give up. The right person, the right doctor, the right medication, the right modality will make a difference. Keep looking for that four-leaf clover. Brett and I want to make sure you know that there are people there to talk with you. If you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling a deep, deep sadness or anxiety, please reach out and call 800-273-8255. That's 800-273-TALK. You can also text the word go to 741-741. And you can chat with someone online who's there to listen and help walk through what you're feeling. We care about you.